Three. Hello, everyone. I'm Kari. Hello, everyone. I'm Bree. Hey, everyone. I'm Annalisa. And this is CSI Talk. Uh... Um, we are recording right now, and we are 15 days away from uh, the premiere of CSI Vegas. When you're listening to this, you're probably going to be like one week away or less than two weeks. I don't know. I, I'm really bad at math, but whatever. Uh, so um, today we're going to do the recap of season six, which I mean, I absolutely love season six, but my all time favorite is season seven. Amen, there. Six is a very close second, though. Like, it's a very close yeah. second for me. Six is really... I, I love how... I mean, there's a lot of... A lot of things going on in season six. And, like, everybody had just... They're surviving after what happened to Nick. And you can see that it affects all of them as a team. So it's just well, it, it it they're surviving Nick's not Nick's debacle, right? And then they're also surviving being torn apart last season and now being back together as a family. Yeah, I mean it's the least that Eckley could do because I'm pretty the sure literal that, least he could do was that. Part of me really thinks that he wanted to break Grissom's team out to see if Grissom could survive without his team, but it happens that Grissom can't, but his team can't. Oh boy, is that foreshadow? <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, DB is a pretty good supervisor, but we've we're gonna talk about DB when it comes to it. Um, so we're gonna start with we're gonna do an honorable mention to the first episode of season six, which is Bodies in Motion, simply because this is the first episode that we see all of them working together. They are not working the same case, but they are working together again. And in this episode, Grissom, Nick, and Sarah, they have to investigate a trailer a trailer that exploded with two bodies inside. And Catherine and Warwick, they have to investigate a dead woman that was found in the parking lot wearing a plastic bag and rubber boots. And well, Warwick is married. And Warwick is married. And Sophia... Don't even, don't even, don't even gloss over that little, like, bit because they seem to gloss over it in the show. Like, it's no big deal. Like... <laughs> Oh, casually, casually, casually. I'm uh, yeah. A team member of ours is married now, and not the one we want it to be. <laughs> it's just. Does anybody else think? Wait, oh, sorry. But does anybody else think that like that little bit right there, the fact that Grissom and Sarah never told anybody they were dating, does anybody else you know think that like that like sort of like shows a sign of like how badly everybody is is dealing with the trauma post nick where they're like oh yeah we're totally fine totally fine we're just all keeping these huge secrets from one another um but we're a family guys you know and that that never really stops it doesn't and then it's like it's kind of why they have these like little fractured moments where like they do have these big blow-ups and stuff like that because you're like well no fucking shit you none of you communicate well none of you and it's a it's a bad sign 
Well, if their leader didn't communicate well, what can we expect from the rest of the team? She said, if dad's not a good communicator, how are his kids supposed to learn? Ew! Well, it's just... I mean, Warwick, Warwick got married, and we, we never really... Because the, the, the show focused a lot more on the science and on the team solving the crimes, not on their personal life. Which I think it, it is a blessing, as it is a curse. It is a blessing because I think it's one of the factors that allowed the show to go on for as many years as it did. And it's going. It's strong. And it still survives time. But it's also a curse because you think you know a character and then... Bam, someone, one of them just shows up next season and he's married because he's been dating. And nobody knows who, who this girl is. And, like, they don't even try to get her uh, to to their inner circle. Like, in, in Gumdrops, um, Sarah refers to her as Yoko Ono, and then everybody refers to her as Yoko Ono, but, like, it's just hard if, like, you're married to this person who you love, supposedly, and, yeah, supposedly, and you're trying to get along with his friends, and his friends don't really cut you some slack like i know but yeah that's, that's so that's so true though like imagine imagine what it was like for for warwick from his point of view of like yeah guys i got married and this is how y'all are all treating my wife but also on he top never of that his wife back to be honest and well on top of that like that's clearly not a healthy way to start a relationship like oh yeah my best friend my brother um, was almost buried alive and almost blown up in front of me. Um, so, uh, hey, babe, what you say me and you go get married? That sounds like a good idea, right? And how how good I was watching how everybody's treating it. That's probably why they kept it secret for two, two years. Um, it's, the thing is, nothing stays a secret in the lab. Nothing stays a secret in the lab. So eventually the news of Grissom and Sarah's relationship would come out to the public but not in the way they wanted mm-hmm. it's just i mean and actually at this point he was hunting for a reason to take her some down and fire sarah so um if somebody found out that they were together he would absolutely bring Grissom's career down fire sarah and say that uh oh you're lucky she didn't file a sexual harassment and a lawsuit against you like okay actually oh and sarah seems to be really happy that sophia decided to become a detective and not mm-hmm. a criminalist somebody's really happy my side oh well, somebody's ecstatic yeah well I feel like I've, I've, I've said my piece about sophia already i'm not gonna repeat myself but yes Moving on to our next episode. Our next episode is one of, like, seriously, one of the masterpieces of CSI. And, like, this episode still gets me to tears. And this episode had to be reshot and rewritten very quickly. Because it was uh, supposed to be done totally differently. But the main actor's uncle died, so I had to go back home. Well, I know, I know, it was just rewritten very quickly, and they changed, they just changed to the key. And it worked. I mean, the name of the episode is Gumdrops. Uh, instead of Nick, it was supposed to be Grissom that that tried to fight Cassie, and he would go with Sarah, and we would probably, like, it would be revealed to the public that their relationship is a bit different than it appears to be, but if you really look for it, you can find some clues about the way they behave around each other. Mm-hmm. 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 So, this episode is really 
or like Ray because because Nick is suffering with PTSD and they didn't really uh, show throughout the show. Uh, they really showed. I, I love that, but they didn't really show to the audience how somebody who works in this job deals with PTSD. Not even they had a chance with Nick. They blew it up. They had a chance with with Brass. They blew it up. They had a chance with Sarah. They blew it up. They had a chance with Greg. They did okay. Yeah. With I Greg, think, they did okay with Greg. Yeah. You know what? They they try to do it with Nick because in Shooting Stars, he has that little bit of like hesitation where he's scared to go underground. And you're like, oh wow, this can be really good. Are we gonna get to see this? How this like impacts him and things like that? And then it just never pops up again. Yeah. And body the emotion. He freaks out when a bug lands on him. Yeah. So like it's like they started and then they were kind of like pull back. Oof. Uh, so this episode is it's in a different format because it, it it starts with this little girl uh, telling the audience Cassie. what happened, and you don't know that is the victim until you understand until uh, Warwick and Nick and Sarah put the whole crime together, and then you understand what most likely happened. And I love how they do like they never leave one stone unturned in this in this series, right? Because in this episode, uh, Sarah tells Nick, um, "Oh, in this type of case, which is a which is a kidnapping, you're expected after the person doesn't show up after 24 hours, you're expecting to find a body, and not uh, you're not rescuing not rescuing the the person, which is true. I, I've been studying criminology, and it's which is true. If somebody goes missing, you have to report them immediately because if they don't show up in 24 hours, they're most likely dead." And Nick is like, I was, I was rescued. You found me alive. And Sarah's like, well, it wasn't your time to die. And we see that play again during the first episode of season eight. I think it's a great parallel. Such a good parallel. So mm -hmm. perfectly thrown in. Because it's a great scene in Gumdrops. Because, like you said, Gumdrops itself is so unlike a normal like CSI episode. One being, we don't get a lot of lab time. It really is them being like in the field, like trying to straight up be like almost detectives, I guess you could kind of say. Um, but also like their CSI selves. But like just to see that kind of conversation happen between Nick and Sarah is so unlike what we would normally get in the show. Yep. And I, and I love how we get to see this human side of Nick. Like we we don't get to see that a lot. How emotionally bound some people of the team get to some cases it, it gets just too close to home like this boy was kidnapped a few months ago and came back to work and now he has to investigate this case of this little girl who was also kidnapped and you know what's really great about that too is that like the the first few seasons of the show tries to like paint sarah as like the emotional one the one that's always like getting too attached to things but it's like she's more than likely the more realistic depiction of what it's like to work in this in, in this like field or this line of work because you have to sort of take these some of these cases personally. That's just like the empathetic nature of being a human. So like to to add to that, like Nick's clearly battle his clear battle with PTSD and because does anybody I don't have the energy to open up Tumblr to find the timeline. Does anybody remember what the timeline is of like how far back Grave Danger is? I know Addicted to Storytelling has it on her Tumblr because she has like every it's, key moment of the show broken down. Well, we it's know, not very long. No, it's only I think a it's hours. it's a it's two it, days. He, uh, it's it, so uh, given the fact that it is it was already summer when they go back when they go to when they're in gumdrops. Yeah, when they're in gumdrops, it was already summer. So and it's like 
fall, early winter in grave danger. I think I'm probably remembering this incorrectly. I'll look it up after this, but um, I think it's like anywhere from like four to six months, something like yeah. that, because I think it's like with the effects of grave danger, he would have been put on like mandatory leave. You know what I mean? Yeah, like mandatory like counseling. To... Yeah, and he would have to go through, like, uh, evaluation to exactly. see if he was fit to come back to work at a CSI. So, uh, it, I mean, the team would still be working, but he wouldn't be back until mm -hmm. at least, like, four months later. I have, to, I have to figure it out. Yeah, because yeah. she has it broken down to, like, exactly when Bodies in Motion takes place, or at least somewhere around there, so that you can kind of figure out when Gumdrops would take place. And I think it's... Like we said, it's fairly recent either way. It's within a, it's within less than a year of grave danger, which is far too soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, After I think it would, probably, it would probably be three months stops. I gotta say four to six. I mean, he has, I don't he would have to recover. His mm -hmm. skin would have have to heal from from the from the wounds that he's staying and his psychological state, his emotional state. It had to. I mean, it had to snap back from that because he he could have he could have had like a mental breakdown because he he was kidnapped when he was investigating a scene while doing his job and he has to come back to investigate yeah. a, a car that that ran into a house and blew up as he could have been investigating a kidnapping as his first case. I think that's why Grissom didn't let Nick work alone, not at least until, not at least when he came back. There is always somebody working with him. Can't let his boy be alone no more. I think for a while he did not let anybody go in solos. Yeah. I would do that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, given the fact that he was getting a lot closer to Sarah, so I, I say that he was always either working with Sarah, working with Sarah and someone else, or they would all work together because they were down one CSI, but Greg was with them, so... And he was bright-eyed and vegetarian at this point in time. Yeah, so he I could totally see them all, all working, like, nobody working alone. Like, even even stretched to their limit, they were like, no, no, it's okay, we can, we can just share it. Of course, Sarah has to tell them, don't always put me on cases with just you. Tell me up with Greg. Well, okay, yeah, because people are going to be suspicious, Grissom. Well, go. We work with investigators, and still, they couldn't figure it out for two whole years. But yeah. whatever. So the next two episodes, but we're going to treat it as one, because it was really... God, this show likes to put their viewers on edge, right? Because we went through hell and back with Nick and Greg Danger, and they're like, let's do it again with A Bullet Runs Through It. Mm-hmm. I watched that one. Oh, I was gonna say I watched that one the other day. It, it it's problematic now, obviously. Um, there's a lot of problematic parts of it, but um, still holds up as like a good, like solid, like two part piece of TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I I can see the problems that they would have doing something like that today. It was. Uh, I was just like, oh, okay, that's racist, but okay. <laughs> there's a lot of that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll get, I'll get, we'll get into that once we talk about the episode. Well, so the episode is um. The team have to pro, pro, process this. Also, I cannot speak today. They have to process this uh, whole scene. There was a sh there was a shootout between the LBPD and the local gang, and we have fatalities on both sides. And the residents, they are they have a hostile uh, like they don't like the cops. They don't trust the police. Understandably, even like and and it gets worse when. 
uh, little boy, not little boy, but like a teenager, is shot in the street, and they think the police did it. Uh, I mean, I can see the problems that the people would have with this episode today, but uh, most of the distrust it would come from they not people not believing what the police said, even though they are like we can prove what happened because we have the best science scientists on the case and they were working around the clock to prove what happened and if they had to put uh if they had to put a cop behind bars they would mm-hmm. but um i don't think even if a if a police officer wasn't involved in the in like if a cop wasn't a fatality of this case because it happened in uh in the group in the neighborhood of a group that was that is still is constantly victimized by the police still people would <laughs> perfect time clearly clearly the police have a different ma- they have a different idea <laughs> sorry, of what just sorry. <laughs> sorry that's me my window's open i live right i don't live fall from stations so <laughs> So as I was saying, um, because of because of this case, this case is so high profile. It would have gone to the media, and police will work around the clock and solve this in like less than a week. Because I, I've seen this played out not so long ago here. Like it was like this great shooting in one of uh, in a poor community in the state, and police work around the clock. The cr- the criminalists works around the clock to to. <laughs> to know what happened, who shot who, and who died from which bullet, you know. Because when they want to do things right, they're going to do things right. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why this episode still stands today. Because when Grissom finds out, when they're doing the autopsy of the cop, they've realized that the bullet had to have come from the police side, not from the, from the gang side, because it was... The fire because the of truck, the yeah, the truck decorator was off. Yeah, and the it's just police officers back then. If you're a police officer and you're listening to this, and we're saying some things that you think is not correct, um, I'm we're sorry, but we we don't. I'm know not. We don't. I mean, we're sorry, but not that sorry. But we're saying we're sorry because it's a. Uh, whatever. Uh, so, as I was going to say, the uh, thoughts and views of this podcast aren't shared by everybody. In this. <laughs> I'm joking. No, it's <laughs> the thoughts it's expressed uh, by the uh, host of this podcast may differ when it comes to certain things. But uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I say that with people who are family, who family, close family members who are police officers and nice. Well, and uh, I think it's really the way the police officers are taught. They think they 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 have to learn. Some things because being pro- having a prejudice against against the group is something that you were thought. Yeah. It's something that you have to learn. It's not something that comes with you. So, I think in that scene, which is really depicts like really what happened, like this gang member who was Hispanic, he had uh, a bullet hit his femoral artery, and if I'm saying this name wrong, and you're a nurse or a doctor, and I'm saying this wrong, I'm sorry, uh, and he died quickly. If he had had, like, if he had went to the ambulance first, 
he would have survived, but if the cop would have paid him any attention other than shut up, you bad Mexican. <laughs> like, honestly, man, you, you don't have to know enough Spanish to understand what he was saying. And also, thing, it's 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 the fact they live and work in Las Vegas in Nevada that has a very large. Yeah, human. you have to learn. You have to know some some things from Spanish. You have to know some things. Also, and, a man is on the ground grabbing at his leg that's currently bleeding. I I mean, I don't know. It doesn't take a genius to figure out maybe we got to get the guy some help. But mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, uh, doctors, they when they work, they, they're going to work on somebody who is closer to death than somebody else. They don't work yep. with friends. They're not going to help a cop just because it's a cop. They're going to help the gang member because he was literally bleeding out from his artery. Yeah. And if he had help, he if he had the help he needed, he wouldn't die. Like, hip, part of hepatic, oath, hepatic oath is working on people regardless of race, creed, religion. Oh, I'm uh, not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> I love the, the, the part of the, the part two of A Bullet Runs Through It is when Grissom is gets late to the meeting because being Grissom, he of course is late to the meeting with the sheriff, the under sheriff, and the captain of the department, right? Of course. It's, it's not an important meeting. It's not for Grissom, he's like, I don't give a fuck about this meeting. <laughs> I'm trying to solve a fucking case. He gets and to the also, meeting. And also uh, make sure his girlfriend's not too pissed at him. Yeah, because they have a fight like Sophia and Brez, they after the news comes out that it was friendly fire that killed the cop and they, they just don't know who did it. Uh, Sophia and Brez, they have to get off the case and they shouldn't be around uh, either the lab or the PD, but Sophia hides in Grissom's office and tries to talk to her. And, and Sarah was right. I mean, I'm not saying this because I hate the love triangle they try to put in the in the series, like Sarah, Grissom, and Sophia, because that never works, because we all know that my man, Gil Grissom, only had eyes for Sarah. Yep. It's just that... Sarah was pissed because, like, okay, none of our friends or our co-workers can know that we're together because it would break, like, it's it's against the rules. But you can talk to somebody who is not supposed to be on the lab or anywhere near the police department. And, like, you're breaking that rule, but you're not breaking the rule that, that says that you can, you're not allowed to date a subordinate. Well, he tried to get Sophia out because he tried. He was just staying silent and just given the look where everybody knows that it's time to leave. But Sophia wasn't seeing any of it. And I love how Sophia just looks at him like, "Protect me." Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take my side. You're gonna take hers. Like Sophia, girl. Everybody knows that Grissom has a soft spot for Sarah. (laughs) I love that scene though because. Sophia is coming to him truly like she says because she has no friends because in reality she's just as bad as like Sarah and everybody else where like all she does is work all she ever thinks about is work and so like when something like that happens to one of them Grissom is always the person that they all think that they can turn to but obviously in this case that would be a conflict of interest and taints an entire investigation um but I like that it's a moment of like Sophia kind of like showing the emotional side of her where she's like I know I don't I know I have you know I know I'm not supposed to be here but I just needed to talk to somebody like I needed a friend and like she has that like moment and then for Sarah to be the one of all people the whole like secretly dating her boss notwithstanding but the whole idea that it's Sarah of all people who if the roles were reversed would very much be her she's the one to call her out and be like look I know what she's like I know but also you cannot be here right now we need to get you out of this building immediately I just really love that and I love that that's growth for Sarah you know like yes girl Mm -hmm. I want you to see that, see yourself and other people, like see the, like not the bad things about you, but the like parts of you that like could be better, and like call people out on that and be like, hey, 
Um, that's what I would do, and that's not a good idea. You don't want to be doing what I would do kind of situation. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Sophia because all of her family is made up oh, of I cops. Know. And she cannot talk to literally anybody on her family because... Even her mom! And oh, they, are not, they are not allowed to talk. I mean, I think her mom would, like, screw that. She's my daughter, and she, she'd be I don't know. for her. I don't know. Yeah. Some some people, they, like, they take these, they, these you know, professions in this line of work really seriously. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, because, like, it could potentially ruin her mother's career, you know? And, I mean, it does also lend to the fact that, like, first, a character like Sophia that we know very little about, like, we just find out now, like, about her mom and family, almost kind of, like, how how lonely she is, even with all this family. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, I've got all this, but I've also got nothing. Yeah, and her, all of her family is made of cops, and she's the only one who decided to become a CSI. Yeah. Which is kind of, and it kind of takes us back to early seasons when still we see that uh, that whole conflict between cops and CSIs. Yep. And, yeah. well, on the second well, part... They... She didn't want to become a CSI, though. She did not want to become a CSI. She was, her papers were picked up right before she made detectives. I mean, work was work. I mean, Eggly was just a bitch to everybody. He he wanted to take Grissom down, even though a man taking his own people down. Well, so on part two, they find out what happened. The cop was killed by friendly fire, and it was uh, Brass who shot the officer. And the wife um, just gave him a great big hug because she knew he didn't mean to. She was the only one not placing all the blame on Brass. The wife. You I mean, Grissom, Grissom and Sarah didn't put any yeah. any, any blame on him. Like, and not, nobody in the lab put, I mean, at least from Grissom's team, they didn't yeah. put any blame on Brass. But everybody from the, from the LVPD put it like... Nobody liked him anymore. Like, come on, man. I mean, they did a Captain Dirty. Yeah. Look, clearly, they set up a precedent here of just doing our boy wrong, okay? As we will continually see throughout not only this season, but the many seasons to come. Yep. He didn't deserve that. He deserves better. He truly does. He really okay. does. Everybody on the team deserves better than what they got. Well, Captain got pretty well. But I feel like Brass is like a special kind of like, please, what did he do wrong to deserve all of this, like, this, this just, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, because everybody has at least kind of like an almost happy ending, like, almost like they have a point where they're really happy. Brass can never fucking be happy, like, in any season. Well, didn't have it. Fuck and Finn didn't have a happy ending. And I go, he got to be married, okay? He got to be married, even if it was brief, you know what I mean? He got to enjoy what it was to have a wife and potentially have a kid. I don't just. And let's not forget, in immortality, a freaking car blew up on Brass. That's what I'm saying. And yep. he might be blind. He might be blind in the CSI way. Like, what did he do? Like, Anthony, what did Brass do to you? What What did he do wrong? What Like, 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 what does he need to, like, repent this badly for? I don't understand. It's, it's like, give the man a break. It's literally hey, the same thing with Sarah. Okay, we're just, we're going to go to the next episode, but I just have to say this. It's literally the same thing with Sarah. They put my queen, they put our queen through hell, literally hell. Like, she has a stalker, her, her, her husband, uh, her husband her. divorces her in the eve of her birthday. And when she's celebrating her birthday, all this shit goes down and her best friends are ready to throw her ass in jail. When we all know that she wouldn't do the same to them, she would fight for them and not put them in jail. 
uh, it's just like give us give Sarah Sado a freaking break, okay? Well, she looks very very happy in the revival. Well, I hope she stay like this, okay? Anthony, I'm not gonna take Sarah suffering this season, okay? I am not, okay? None of us will. No. Grissom never went through any type of trouble, okay? Yeah, he kind of did though. Uh, even when he almost speaking did. of wait 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 that's a good segue because speaking of Grissom troubles with Grissom, um, our next episode our next episode is an honorable mention, right? Yeah. So our next one is Pirates of the Reich. I'll just say yeah. it. Honorable fucking mention. Um, you know, your girl's back. For two reasons. Lady Heather's back, and we find out that she had a daughter, which is going to play integral role in other episodes. Yeah, but, you know, your girl's back, Heather. You can't get rid of her. She's fucking here every year. No, not every year. <laughs> well, like, just about every year. Honestly, great gig for her, though. Gotta say, great gig for, great gig for her, all right? Just to know that you got a recurring role. A recurring semi-somewhat important role on the biggest show on TV. Like, go for you, girl. Good for you. A show that's side of records. World ride. Yeah, like, good for fucking you. Like, you know, I gotta give you props for props are due. Some people like this episode because of Heather. I literally just like this episode because it has a history connection, like, literally. I, I like it for other reasons, but, um... We don't have to get into that right now. So on this episode, they find the body of Lady Hatter's uh, daughter. Her name was Zoe, and on the desert. And Hatter has an investigation of her own. And well, she does the do with who did it. Well, she does. She sleeps with the guy who kills her daughter. I mean, whatever you gotta do to get to get to the to the bottom or to get to the truth, you know. I mean, I think every single mother would have would have done what Hatter did. Yeah. Not sleeping. Not sleeping. You gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do to figure out what happened to your kid, man. Like, no matter what it takes, you're gonna do what needs to get done. You know what I mean? Like she said, like she just needed to know what happened. She got the answers. You know what I mean? Like some, yeah. She got her answers through another way, and Grissom's like, I cannot believe you use your body to find out what the fuck happened to your daughter. And Hatter's like, Oh, please. I'm sure if they had I, asked Catherine the same question, she would have been like, yeah, I would have done fucking anything to, like, you know, if something had happened to Lindsay, she would have been like, I would have done anything to my body to find out what happened to my child. She you know even what I mean? that in season one that she killed for her daughter. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, you, you do what you gotta do. And, well, I, I did, this is one of my favorite CSI episodes because, um, I mean, I do love history. Like, I'm a history host, so, like... <laughs> history ho she did not i did it. say it okay i'm a history I'm there. A- i said it um so when they're they get to the to the killer's house uh grissom finds like this uh door that leads uh, not not like a door but like whatever that leads to the basement of the house and he finds he finds more bodies but which is a lot more scary is that he finds uh relics from the from nazi germany and like this this thing happened this crime uh on tv it was shown it was shown in the early 2000s and it's 2021 and there's still people out there calling themselves neo-nazis like how i'm not even gonna broach that subject but yeah how are still fighting nazis in 2021, man. You know what? Look, 
I'll just sigh. That's my thought on the process. But moving on, though. Uh, yeah, Nazis, you know, always been here. Clearly always going to always gonna be fucking around. Yep. Um, Honestly, dude. I mean, also, honorable mention for the end of the episode when uh, Lady Heather is whipping the man who murdered her daughter to death in the desert and Grissom decides to go stop her for some reason. No, I'm joking. Obviously, he would stop her because we don't murder. He doesn't openly let people murder other people. But also, at the same time, Cara, you can tell me how you feel about that scene, but a homeboy rolls up looking... Fine as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Homeboy rolls up looking fine as fuck. Okay. Oh, he's I like, come know. here, let me pull this rope in a set. Oof. I'm like, oh. oh my God, he looks so. Uh, seriously, this doesn't. He, he's just like, he has his, his, his uh, jacket on. And his like, jacket looking, on, looking like collar. The collar up, said, looking like a vampire. Just, you know. <laughs> and I think Sarah makes him wear it like that sometimes. I mean, look, I, 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 look, he's out there. He's like, he's just doing, pull, pulling on the rope and screaming, and, ju- and I'm just like, uh huh, what you, uh huh, what's that? I have no idea. Watching that scene could not, you could not ask me to tell you the context of it because my brain is going to several other places. I mean, I think when Sarah found out that Grissom had to go to stop her, to stop Heather, or probably uh, Sarah was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did you do? He probably gets home and she's like, Oh, hey, what's up? They run into each other at the lab. He's like, she's like, why are you all dusty? He's like, I, long story. She's like, all right, bet. That's the end of the conversation. No, it's just like, oh, I stopped a murderer. Yeah, I was stopping a murderer, a possible murderer. And so I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. We we do that all the time. And now, the next episode 18. The unusual suspect. So, we open up this episode, and honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind when I see Nick on the stand giving his testimony, and I'm like, what the fuck? He had Justin Bieber's hair before Justin Bieber's hair was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nicky was a fucking trendsetter back in the day. Like, this predates Justin Bieber. You get this? Like, does he, he, does he make it work? No, but you know. No. He's a okay. grown-ass man with, his, with a bowl haircut, okay? He does not make a lot of the looks work in that time frame. You know what? I like to call this, you know what? He's he's um kind of like a teenage girl after a breakup. He's going through it, you know what I mean? So his hair goes on some journeys this season. You know, he also he toys with a mustache for a little bit. Um his hair goes through some changes. Uh it's he's very clearly going through it. So you know what? We give him a pass this time. Yeah, I mean, he probably was going through the the five stages of grief at that point. So if he wants to change his hair or maybe like call Greg up and be like, "I want to dye my hair." So be it. Well, the episode opens up to Nick on the stand. He has to testify that uh, a teenager, what was his name? Um, Marlon. Marlon West. Marlon, Marlon West. He has to testify that this teenager really killed uh, really killed the victim, Stacy uh, Vollmer. But then uh, his sister, Hannah West, comes in. And she wants to tell the jury that she was the one who killed uh, Stacy, and she was wearing uh, a shirt when, like, this white shirt when it happened, which is all filthy with blood. And then everybody's like, "What?" And then, and then Nick is like, a "Plot twist!" And Nick, and Nick is like, "Oh, Chris, I'm Nick- so going to lie for me." <laughs> and of course, Nick doesn't believe that a young girl can do something like that. But I mean, the thing is, <laughs> we we've said this about Nick before, haven't we? <laughs> We're not going to touch on this again. 
So they go back to the lab, and poor Nick has to go through all of the all through all of the case again. It's like all hands on deck. They have to solve this shit again, and they have to prove to the jury that Hannah wasn't the one who did it. But I mean, the thing is, when you're a scientist, you have to let your research, your investigation, take you to the answer. But as they are doing that with Warwick's, uh, stat, Warwick's um, niece, right? Because he married Tina and yeah. it was Tina's niece. And he makes Tina listen to, to music while they're discussing the case. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they go and they have this little girl like uh, do all the things that Hannah should have done. In could order have to could have done to kill Stacy, and the thing is, she could have did it. She could have done it. And uh, Hannah, she um, she is really smart. She was already in high school, although she was really young, and uh, she had problems with Stacy too. So they go to the DA, and they're like, they could have, he could have done it, or she could have done it. And then there's, it literally goes through all the CSIs. So like, do you think she did it, or do you think he did it? <laughs> Probably like, like a freaking uh, election. Like, who do you think did it? But the the evidence points to both of them, which leaves the jury to make the decision that uh, what's the word? I forgot the word. Unreasonable uh, doubt. Reasonable doubt. Yeah, I have. To, I literally have to read this shit a lot of times to do my course completion work and I forgot. But yeah, they cannot prove uh, that Hannah did it, but they cannot prove that Marlon did it either. But they still arrest Hannah to put on trial. And Sarah talks to Hannah and she basically says, Sarah, I didn't trust Stacy. Marlon did. Cause, and she also was saying, When's the last time you had to get on your knees to be eye level with a suspect? And of course, her mom was like, shame on you, Miss Seidel. Like, really? You were ready to let your son fry, but your daughter, you don't, yeah. Well, um, and that's when uh, we know and we realize that this girl is going to be back to anger Sarah even more. But she doesn't come back until season eight, so we, we got like a little break. And we're gonna do a special mention to Russia Mama. No, I thought we were gonna be doing Russia Sharma. I thought we were doing that episode. Special mention was for the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do this. Hey, we, hey, hey, look, for time, we can special mention both, okay? I can give a real quick rundown for Russia Mama, okay? Okay, go ahead. Real quick rundown, Russia Mama. We've got a murder at a wedding, okay? Suddenly we've got the CSI showing up, right? Uh, and then, you know, they go out for breakfast afterwards. We have a very, hilarity then ensues because we see Nick show up in his personal vehicle, not the, you know, you know, usual CSI Denali. And from there, um, we get to see that uh, with, while Nick, Sarah, and Greg were trying to enjoy their breakfast, Nick's car is stolen, literally from the parking lot from in front of them. Uh, they just, you know, happen to miss it. And then the chaos ensues because this super high profile case is suddenly missing nearly all of its evidence. And while being forced to wait on IA to come back and give their reports, um, you know, we have to have our, our, our dynamic trio um, recount the events of the day, and in true Russian Mama style, um, you know, they each recount their day, and each of them, each each story told in its own series, in its own vignette-like way, with its own, you know, color palette and direction style changing, and then, oh, sorry, just hit myself, and uh, all of this culminating in them all realizing that while they had the same case and all of the same things throughout the day, each one of them had different things happening to them at the same time, or they were each interpreting things differently, you know what I mean? Um, 
moral of the story, we find out woman was murdered. Uh, sorry, hold on. I just really love that episode. Talk about talk about like them creating the ultimate evil villain of a person and having it take place at a wedding. Also, um, Veronica Cartwright doing a great job as a total bitch. I love that actress. She's amazing. And she played that character so fucking well. I wanted to murder her by the end. I was like, fuck, I will push her down into the statue that inevitably, you know, punctures the back of her head and kills her. And then the bridesmaids who are then, you know, found guilty of this crime, uh, then tie her to the car that her son and, you know, daughter-in-law will be driving away from uh, in order to make it seem like it was a mob hit because she was a mob boss lawyer. I mean, honestly, this is is a good way to do it. Um, But uh, we end up recovering Nick's car. It's been completely tagged and, you know, redone. A la Pimp My Ride style. I love it. 2006. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, We find the evidence, none of which is admissible in court, but we can sort of kind of start piecing things together. Uh, And then as we finally get everybody's story we get Grissom's point of view which is you know lovely little cherry on top there's a great conversation had in the episode about marriage uh, as far as like weddings go uh Sarah's anti-wedding uh but not you know you know guys uh I'm not anti-wedding she's anti-stupid um and then there's this fun little fun little fun fact in there about why what bridesmaids were originally used for which I love to throw that fun fact out all Me the too. time threw that, threw that out at my cousin's wedding um and uh, turns out it wasn't that funny uh, when you tell that at a at a rehearsal dinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, See, uh, I told that to my They laughed, but they also just looked at me like, you're a fucking weirdo. This is why. Um, and then uh, the best part of the episode, in true Rasho Mama fashion, they get through their whole retelling, realize they're all fucking different. And then IA shows up at the end like, all right, let's uh, let's let's get going. Let's get started. You know, just beautifully done uh, from beginning to end. And you know, Sarah, Sarah had to oh, backtrack that she was anti-marriage she was not anti-marriage she and his grizzly walked in the door yeah she's like no no hey whoa whoa hey never said i didn't want to get married it just said i didn't want to have a big wedding you know uh honestly same because i mean you would i would spend so much money on a party and then so much money on food and like so much money on the church so like uh, i mean wouldn't it be easier just to go to an office and get married and then travel use all the money that I would spend at a party uh, traveling. You would think so, but apparently that's like, you know, the world doesn't seem to agree with that. Um, I gotta say, you know, special shout out to Kurosawa for giving us the idea behind this amazing episode. Any show that can do a Rashomon-themed episode and pull it off successfully, fucking aces in my book, bro. Fucking aces. And this show does it so beautifully. So beautifully. Everybody's points of view, the added vignette storylines of it where everybody gets a different color palette and it fits. So, and then yet it somehow fits them where the music, the, the music, the music keys change. Uh, and then everybody's like color palette changes. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is what I this is what I, I would imagine Sarah sees in the world. This is how Greg sees the world. Yeah. This is how Grissom sees the world. Yeah, it's so perfectly done. Greg's just, oh, Greg, definitely, Greg definitely does see it in the typical Las Vegas historic way. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, but, I mean, Greg is such a mood when he goes to the scene and he's like, I'm so ter- thirsty. I just want water. <laughs> like, same. <laughs> really, a mood, a whole mood. Um, so, uh, and they managed to solve the case purely by watching the the DVD from the wedding. Yep. Like, that's how smart they are. Like, they are that smart. Nobody's surprised when you have Sarah on the case like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, would they be able to solve this case without her? Probably not. Probably not. Well, probably. They probably could have. No, no. Okay, no, no, no. Let's not do that. Okay. The guys would have gotten there in the end. It just would have taken a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
it wouldn't have been as cohesive and you know would have taken them more time you know i'm pretty sure it would have been after ia got there and everything like that without the help of sarah you know she is the genius of the group bro she is a hard educated at 16 years old dad doesn't suffer from getting almost hit by a car and i'm harvard degree you know. well um next episode um time of your death Time of your death. we're gonna have to go through the last two like really quickly so time of your death um they have to investigate the death of this man that uh that was living in his fantasy his high fantasy is like played by his by his boss and uh, it's all hands on deck and unless <laughs> this episode because in the end when they all find out that everything was script like the whole fantasy was script uh grissom and sarah are, are like in this in this place where the fantasies uh, like take place and this guy he literally turns to them and say oh and may all of may all of your fantasies come true or something like that yeah, yeah uh, exactly a guy that. who they yeah, a guy who they've just met a few moments ago somehow re- sees right through, right fucking through them, and he's like, oh, no, I, I, I see what's going on there, guys. I see what's going on there. And try as you might, you can't fucking hide that shit from me. He's like, I literally do this for a living. So, yeah, we got a, we get a stranger figuring them out before their friends do. What, a, almost a whole year later? And that's only because it's been revealed? <laughs> it got, like, the way they stare at each other in the rest of, like... Uh, they- I was gonna say, and then, you know, we get to the ending... Greg talks about, you know, how he'd love to have his fantasy paid for by his boss. Uh, the team is there. We're having a nice little group family moment. Uh, Chris and Sarah have other things on their minds, clearly. Chris is like, not only thinking about, you know, the sex, he's also thinking about getting sold some jewelry. Oh, uh, and then he's like, I think fantasies are best kept. And then he looks at Sarah. Private. No, no, he doesn't look at Sarah, okay? They're, he, mm. he looks at Sarah. I believe we call it gazing, you know? I believe he, he gazes upon her. Is that her. what they're uh, calling these days? Yes, no, he gazes upon her. Uh, in the middle of work. In he front of gazes her. At her like, Ups and he, downs. He, he almost undressed her just by looking at her, okay? Like, you know, when people, when, when people talk about bedroom eyes, that's the photo that needs to be put next to it in the dictionary, okay? That's the look we're getting from this man. In the middle of a workplace, while, yes, at this time, their coworkers may not be in the same room as them, their entire workplace is made of fucking glass. So, and still nobody find out. And still nobody reveals. And even if person hadn't revealed anything, I don't think they would have found that out either. Those two dumbasses could have come into work married, and it would have taken everybody. Nobody. It would have taken everybody at least. It would take himself getting pregnant to figure out. Even then, it would have taken a long ass time before someone put two and two together. You know what I mean? And then, well, um. That brings Wait. us to that season finale. To the season mm-hmm. finale called Way to Go. Um, they, um... Brass was just shot. Brass was just shot when he was trying to save the life of a woman who was taken hostage by this killer like, and all that. He was shot, and, like, he has this whole, uh, bulletproof vest on. Still, he almost died, like... Like Anthony, what did Brass do Again, to you? Okay, yeah, what did Brass do to you? Okay, what did he do? The fact that the fact that they do that they, that they not only shoot him, but they shoot the way that they get him shot. I'm like, fucking hey, this man really can't catch a break. Yes, let me have my flak jacket on. And I will now be shot, not in the jacket, but slightly off center, uh, on my chest, you know, right where the jacket doesn't cover. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like and right out where of I all, could die. Yeah, like out of all the places you could have shot me, head notwithstanding, that's where you take the bullet? And that's when we find out that through a flashback that uh, Grissom is Brass's uh, power of attorney because he does realize, Brass does realize that if 
if it come to to his daughter, she would have let him die to take whatever whatever he had. So yep. he literally just tells Grissom, so something might happen to me and I need you to make the decisions for me. And Grissom's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, okay. In the meantime, um, they, Nick and Grissom, Nick and Sarah, they have to investigate a man who had the tiniest waist <laughs> uh, that was found, he was found in the train wrecks. And Catherine and Warwick, they have to handle a case where a man is found dead on after a night of partying, but whatever. But the case that really stood out for me is the one that guy with the tiniest waist yep. I had ever seen. It's because of the cross the corset. Yeah. I mean, I did wear like this not not a corset, but it was like more like a back brace when I was younger, and I had to wear it because I had I managed to fall and break one of my vertebrae, and I had to wear that during the summer because I broke that shit in September. But uh, I live in the South Hemisphere, okay? That's why it was summer. And <laughs> like I have to point this out because I'm pretty sure people are gonna be like, but it was winter. No, it was summer. I live in the South Hemisphere. It was summer, and. That thing is really hot, especially the one that we see in the episode, like, that man. Whatever, so so while they're investigating, uh, Grissom tells Sarah all everything that he knows about corsets, and Sarah is like, how do you know so much about corsets? How do you I know do so know. much about corsets? And Grissom's like, I have my sources, and I'm like, hmm, your sources? I hope you don't mean Lady Hatter. He, like, he, and he, he had a book in his lap, and he was talking about it, though. Well, I know, but he could have just, like, bring Hatter up and be like, well, I've got this case. This man has, like, this tiniest waist ever. <laughs> you know, I just realized, we got to Pirates of the Third Reich and everything like that. All it would have taken to avoid, this is just a, a quick aside, to avoid the, the the awkwardness that would then come the next season, my boy would just have had to have mentioned Lady Heather one fucking time to Sarah. Yeah, yep. and he didn't. That's just just thing, just like... just briefly to be like you know hey you know kind of a checkered past with this one um i don't believe any don't believe any of the rumors well not even just that i feel like he would have been like yeah this is heather um you know i like to think of her as a confidant a friend um you know i only see I her occasionally like i well, not even just that like no Catherine's like a different level of friend but like a colleague if you will um and i only see her occasionally if and when she's somehow tied into an investigation that we're working on uh she's a good you know fountain of knowledge when it comes to like snm things or like certain you know things psychological things uh but that's pretty much it you know uh we worked with her a few times her kid just got murdered uh you know it's kind of a big deal um but yeah that's pretty much all i need to know i'm sure sarah would have been like oh okay uh wow you know i'm sorry her daughter was just murdered you know so, and there boom we could have avoided uh, everything that happens and then that just gave me an idea when we had like uh when when we are writing that conversation that that Grissom and sarah were supposed to have in our story we can we had to put lady Hatter in the conversation just write that down so i don't forget it but well, they solved the case, and we have to wrap it up because it's too long. Uh, but they, uh, they... They solved the case, and Brass lives. <laughs> and Brass lives, which is great. And that's when we got the reveal that Grissom and Sarah were together all this time. Uh, she likes her flower roads. Yeah, and she's like, well, I'm not ready to say goodbye. And I'm pretty sure that's what Grissom 
told her after she sent that 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 video he probably like just emailed back like i'm not ready to say goodbye oh i like that reveal the scene being a reveal that they're together because if it had been any other show it would have been done so differently like it would have been like oh we see them wake up in bed together oh we see them you know we get we get to the end of the episode it's been a very emotional journey for our two characters and they're out well no not even just that there's that and the idea of like oh we see our two characters they had a very emotional day their friend is alive they go out for drinks with their friends as they walk away that we they turn a corner away and they take each other in each other's arms and they, they they give each other a kiss um uh, she comes home, he comes home, doesn't matter, and the other is waiting for them on the couch. A myriad of other ways for them to show that in a more, like, not original, yeah. but, like, in, it's something that we're used to seeing. And then for the show, they're like, how about he talks about death and, like, you know, just, like, you but know, wax so poetic about, but it's so, it's so a character, wax poetic about death and how he would want to, like, plan your death and, you know, have her just come out of the room in a robe and, and lean down next to him and just utter the words, I'm not ready to say goodbye, and that's it. It was so in character, and I absolutely love that scene because uh, we've never seen the inside of of Grissom's house, and we always see the inside of his room or their house because we, we always have see their seen house. inside of Grissom's. We saw it at the end of Strip Strangler, and then we you see, see it, it again. You see it you in season it? one and season two. Yeah, but. but. Um, we see Sarah's living room, but but I see what Carrie's saying because we don't really get to ever see them at home. So the times yeah. we do get to see them at home doing anything somewhat resembling something domestically, it's a kind of a big deal when it comes yeah. to the show. And they're always doing something in the bedroom, talking or watching a movie, cuddling. I mean, that becomes the that becomes the running theme when it comes to GSR scenes at home. Um, you know, uh, although like. Shout out to, to Jason Tracy for giving us far more alleged uh, domestic GSR to come in this new season. Uh, we according don't know to Georgia Fox. According to Georgia Fox. According to her. According to Georgia Fox, there's going to be a lot more edgier scenes. And I mean, if you've seen uh, Elementary, Jason Tracy was the showrunner for that show. Um, we've seen a lot from, we see a lot of character in that, in both Sherlock and John. So... Um, also, um, if anybody up until now, obviously, by the time this goes out, everybody, I'm sure, will have seen that Paley panel. Jason even said that we get to go home with our characters more now because they fucking learned how to balance the science and the background work. And uh, the show is area later than it was originally, so I, I think that they can show a lot more than they used to. Max, Max is going to have a kid, I'm sure. Um, what's his, Folsom is going to have a kid. Joshua. I'm sure Josh is going to have a kid. Max is going to have a kid. We got trouble marriages. Allie. Allie's gonna be great. I'm gonna get to see her living her her best. I hope I get to see her living her best goddamn life. Um, Would that I, be so love torn? Would that be yeah. so love torn? I mean, I don't know. Let me get to. I'm, I'm gonna meet her first before I, you know. But um, yeah. and then obviously we start, we've already seen clips of what we're of of uh, just small clips of domestic GSR moments, and I can't wait to see those scenes in full. First day jitters. The darling. The darling. The darling. And, Honestly, and I the, want every fucking episode closing out with the two of them in that hotel room. Sorry. And, I, I, okay. And them holding hands. That's what so, we see. so whoever's working on the show, you pro- you already wrapped. I know we we all know that you did. So we're just gonna say we're, something. I thought you wrapped right now. These are just our wish list items. You know what I mean? If it don't happen now, it can happen next time. Yeah, I mean, just you know, season two is like next year. You can just like write this to do list, or you can just you know, uh, Google for some Sarah confection and open the <laughs> confection dinette. You know, and just. Go to the bottom of the page. You can choose a pairing and just put Gilbert yeah. some Sarah's title and just 
read a couple of them. I mean, you don't even have to do that. If you need to hire somebody, I will work as a writing intern. I got y'all, okay? Um, I got y'all, okay? Y'all can just come to me. Yeah, you need some ideas. I'm gonna be like, I got y'all. Here's 15 of what I know people will love, okay? Tried and true, okay? I got 25 chapters for this one story. We don't gotta copy it, but if y'all wanna take some ideas, that would be nice too. Well, me, uh, me and Annalisa, we were working on a fan fiction. I mean, we, I mean, we didn't even write the first step. But, but I mean, we were perfecting all the everything we're going to talk outline. about. Outline. I mean, you, you can like hit us up on our DM or on our email and just, you know, what are you working on? Just going to be like, well, we're going to do this and that and whoever I got to speak to to get staffed. Uh, actually, I don't even have to get staffed. Like I said, make me a writer's assistant. We'll be a writer's assistant. Uh, I will start from the bottom. I do not care. Put me in the room. <laughs> like my my the course I'm taking in college, you know, it's not even about this, but I don't care. Like I'll get there with my history, sociology, facts, and just help you write the like crime or some shit. Like, and I've also been following JSAW since I was probably a little too young to be following it, but I also write myself write it, and I know how to do without being too explicit. Okay, here here is out. We we are people who've been writing and reading CSI fiction for a while now, so we know what people want. Yep. From GSR specifically. So if you need some ideas, just hit us up in our email or or Yeah, if anybody on that writing email. staff they, they they need they need samples. I got some spec scripts. I got a few pitches. You, you let me know what you need, okay? I'll bring it to the fucking table. And we're not we're, we're gonna do it for free. Oh yeah, so like just you know, let me say hi to Georgia Fox and uh, that will be it. That, that that's my payment. I, I actually would need to be paid, but I'm not in union, so you know you don't have to pay me with union rates. So that was it for this week's episode of CSI Talk. And next week we're going to wrap up our recaps with season seven, but we're gonna be back with them uh, later, and then we're gonna start our reviews and breakdowns of the episodes. Or you know, post October sixth. You know, we'll get we'll get we're getting as far as we can now through the series. Post October sixth, we're we're gonna mix yep. it up with our post episode you know breakdowns, recaps, thoughts, prayers. Hopes. Those those episodes might be extra long because it's all gonna be brand new, fresh in our memory. And then we're gonna to- like we're gonna watch those episodes like four times and write down and see whatever reference pops up and point down to to the episodes previously shown. So, uh, we hope you like this episode and make sure to follow us on our social media accounts and don't forget CSI Vegas comes back uh, October sixth. So stay safe. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.